I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome, Fight Fans. This is Steven Mielhausen from SportingNews.com and The Zone with the debut episode of the Walkway to Fight Club. I first want to say a big thank you to everybody that's reached out via text, email, social media posting, so on and so forth for the support of bringing this thing back because I really did not know what to expect and so far, the feedback has been amazing, and from the bottom of my heart, bottom of my heart, I want to thank you guys, because without any of this support, none of this is really possible. And you know, sorry for not having three podcasts this week, just with the nature of this week, with the fight card being on Thursday, kind of really threw everything for a loop. So just for this week, it's going to be one podcast. It'll be on Thursday. Well, right now, it's technically going to be Thursday, but I'm recording this at 11.50 p.m. on a Wednesday night. And so you will hear this first thing Thursday, this morning, (laughs) as we get into January the 30th. We're already almost out of January. Unfrickin' believable. just seems like it was New Year's and I was sipping out some champagne. Who knew? Time flies by when you're having fun. But... This week will be boxing. Just one podcast will be boxing. Next week will be Monday in the regular rotation. Boxing will be on Monday. MMA will be on Tuesday. And then on Thursday will be the world of professional wrestling. Hopefully next week we're going to have some special guests. So we may be 
adding a couple little wrinkles, a couple maybe bonus episodes already for you guys. So make sure you guys definitely stay tuned in for that. But how can you find this great podcast? Apple, I'm getting mad at you because you have not verified this podcast yet. And I'm getting a little upset with Apple. But the best ways to find us are you go to Spotify. I love Spotify. Man, if I can do a, a plug for Spotify, I would definitely do one for Spotify. But you go to Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Anchor, Radio Public. Go to all of them. Like I said, go Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast. There's something different. Radio Public. It's like I'm looking and I'm like, man, what's Radio Public? Never heard of that. But I suggest go to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Podcast, Radio Public. Get them. Just search. Type in Walkway to Fight Club. Bam, bam. There you go. Subscribe. Download. Rate us. Give us five stars, or I'm going to give you a vicious Mike Tyson uppercut, and I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to find, or I'm going to find out where you live. I'm going to get someone to knock you out. So definitely make sure you guys do subscribe, rate the podcast, f- give us five stars, tell us we're great. If you think I suck, my guests suck, let us know. Let me know. I will provide you with better guests as best I can. So please definitely do that. The feedback is definitely appreciated. But enough of me. On today's podcast, we will begin with Jeremy Hrudges from Fansided.com. We'll recap last weekend's action with Danny Garcia. How did he look? I don't think he looked too hot. Jeremy had a little bit of a different view. But we'll get into that. What's next for Danny Garcia? Will it be Errol Spence? Will it be Manny Pacquiao? I suggested somebody else. So we'll see what Jeremy thought of that as well. We'll preview Thursday evening's card. From Miami, live and only on DAZN. Headlined by Demetrius Andrade and Luke Keeler for the WBO middleweight title. The YouTube fight between the, st- the social media sensations Jake Paul and Anson Gibb. I like the build up of that. I don't know why. But it's like I look at Jake Paul it's like, dude, I want to punch you in the face. Just because of the antics he's putting on. And I absolutely love it and I think it's fantastic. So my major props to Jake Paul. Then you got Tevin Farmer, Jojo Diaz for the IBF Super Featherweight Championship of the World. It's a great fight. That's the fight I'm looking forward to most on the card. I think I already know what Android's going to do to Keeler. Gibbon Paul, it's going to be what it is. I think from what the low expectations people have for Logan Paul and KSI, to me, I found it highly entertaining. So I don't. I think this is going to be just as entertaining as that was. So I'm definitely looking forward to the fun of that. And then you see Daniel Roman will be fighting on the card. He kicks off the main card as well. So it's it's a very exciting card on the zone. But you can find us on social media. Go to Facebook.com. Just tap in that little search tab. The Walkway to Fight Club. That's all you got to do, guys. Very simple. I make it very, very easy for you guys. So make sure if you've got a Facebook page. I don't know why you wouldn't have Facebook. It's 2020 unless you're living in the Stone Age. But make sure you guys go do that. Go to the search tab. The Walkway to Fight Club. Then, the old Twitter machine. At Walkway Fight. That's all you gotta do. At Walkway Fight. That's all you gotta do. And Instagram, I'm not a fan. Everyone always tells me on my personal page, Ah, you need to get Instagram. Eh, I don't know yet. But, 
quick reminder to download, subscribe, go to Spotify, Google Podcasts, or go to Anchor. Download, download the app. It's very easy. Go on your phone. It shouldn't be, or go on your computer. However, if you guys don't have a cell phone for one weird reason or another, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, type in Walkway to Fight Club. Bam, bing, bing. There you go. Click the podcast. We'll have Jeremy Hredges from fansighted.com. And then we will talk to the IBF Super Featherweight Champion of the World, Tevin Farmer, as we go into the fight with JoJo Diaz. Did JoJo Diaz even deserve the opportunity in his mind? We'll discuss him contemplating not going to the Super Bowl. Man, when you get free tickets to the Super Bowl, you got to go. And I'm going with the 49ers. Take the plus one and a half. Take it right now. You'll thank me later. And then we'll also get into the beef with Javante Davis. Does he feel with Davis going up to 135? Will that fight finally happen? And then we'll get into, I proposed a dream fight for Tevin Farmer. He went the other way and decided he called the guy he wants to fight next. It's a very intriguing name. A guy who who really who doesn't fight more than once a year and hasn't done it. In over and all now almost six years, so we'll get into that in a whole lot more. First, we'll begin with Jeremy Hurridges from Fansighted.com. Steven Milhausen here. What a great way, guys! What a great way to kick off the walkway to Fight Club. I said what we were gonna do. It was gonna be analyst first, fighter second. What a great way to start from Fansighted.com. My homeboy from Chicago, Jeremy Hurridges. Man, when are we going to get some snow? My little guy is very upset here. <laughs> you know what? Uh, the last one that we had was just fine. We we got to make a snowman out of it, and it was melted a day or two later. Uh, <laughs> my snowblower is out of commission right now, so I'm I'm okay with without the snow right now. <laughs> you know, I'm jealous because we just moved into our house at the beginning of November. I still don't know have I don't have a snowblower, Jeremy. And my wife tells me I'm. She's like. Well, you know, you should have bought one in right when we moved in. Like, <laughs> At this point, you're you're better off just waiting until the summer and getting a deal. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm like I'm like in that boat of what you're saying. I think I wanted to just not get this heavy snow, stay mm-hmm. in like the 40s, and we'll be good to go. As long as it stays like dead until like March, we're good to go. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the last week of February, and then uh, we'll have a, a blizzard for four days. So. But you That's know, usually what happens. But no, I was watching the news. Mm-hmm. I plugged the WGN because I think WGN news is the bomb. Mm-hmm. A very warm February. I if that's the case, I'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> you know, I just I just always expect something bad to happen there because there's always something bad. And last winter was so bad. I know. I was like watching the weather. The other, I think it was, it was either Monday or Sunday, and they were talking about we had the polar vortex last mm-hmm. year, and I'm like, I don't even want to think about that ever again. That was, I felt like we were in Alaska. I remember kids running a track meet the first weekend of May, and it was snowing. <laughs> that's not right. That's just not fair. It, but that's the curse of living in Chicago. Everyone's like, oh, Chicago, one of the greatest cities in the country, and I'm like, how about you live here from... December to like April. How about you do that? And yeah, then it, they it look just, at me. It toughens us up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, I didn't say we were going to talk about this, but I just want to get your quick thoughts just because it's the big prevalent thing 
all mm-hmm. over the all over the world is the passing of Kobe Bryant on Sunday morning. And yep. just want to get your thoughts real quick because I just when I thought I was done crying, mm-hmm. thought I was done, and I watched this video today. The NBA put out a great video on Twitter of his mm-hmm. career and everything, and. And I've seen another video of him and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, that unfortunately passed away as well. And condolences mm-hmm. out to the Bryant family and the victims of all the family members that passed away. And I just can't stop crying, man. Like, every time – like, I'm thinking about crying now because it's like I feel the tears in my eyes. And, you like, know, what, I, where, where I, were I you and everything? Anything, and what happened? I, w- I was just shocked. Um, I was – I was um, my daughter – I just put my daughter down for a nap. And I was sitting, just kind of collecting my thoughts, like, okay, the house is quiet. My my wife was out with um, with my son running errands, and I'm like, wow, the house is quiet. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on my phone and see what's going on in the world. And I kind of have a natural progression of of websites I go through. I kind of went through CNN, Huffington Post, TMZ, <laughs> and <laughs> sure enough, it was only posted for two minutes. And I read the headline, and I said, no, no, that that can't be. And and I, I refreshed it. And I, I've looked for other news about it, and I'm like, is this possible that this is actually true? Is this – and I couldn't find any other source reporting on it. And after about 15 minutes, then I started seeing things pop up. But, I mean, after two minutes of the story being posted, I, I was just – I just kind of sat there just shocked. Like, this is this is crazy, you know, that, that this – someone so iconic was taken so soon – uh, and then, obviously, later on, hours later, when the news came out that his his daughter perished in the in the crash as, as well, that takes it to a whole another level. And then the families that were involved, um, the husbands, the kids, the wives, uh, just such a tragic, tragic occurrence all the way around that that'll be remembered for for a very long time for for what a what a a loss of 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 human life that was so great on so many different levels um, for so many people um, definitely, definitely left me feeling a little empty inside. Oh, absolutely. And that's one, you know, it's, I was, was just, I was playing with my boys and mm-hmm. uh, I was off Sunday. I was off Sunday and Monday and mm-hmm. like my phone went off and I'm like, and the, the ding was our Slack, our Slack channel at Sporting News The Zone, and I looked, and my editor Andreas Hill, he put Kobe in question marks. I'm like, huh? What are we talking mm-hmm. about? And so I'm like, my first reaction was go to Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I went to Twitter, and I'm just like, no. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm like, no. And then like I clicked the link, and it was down. It was not there. And I'm like, okay, this was just a cruel joke. Mm-hmm. I went back to it. I'm like, oh, ha ha, real funny. I'm like, nothing's there. The link was, it must have been hacked. It seems like it's going on a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So he's like, go back now. And I went and I clicked on it. And I'm like, oh, no. And then you hear, like like he said a couple hours later, about his 13-year-old daughter. And that's like one of those things to where, and I said this to my wife. And I'm like, you know, to, you know, and I hate saying this, but, but we're, we cover we cover sports, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, in a, in a roundabout way, it affects us too, even though we don't cover the NBA. Yeah. And, you know, you look at it and it affects us. And, you know, you look at it in an answer. You don't look, you look at it in the sports context and you look at it, it affects your community because sure. it's the sporting community. This mm-hmm. is what we're involved in. And it, it was just like a, 
big. It was like a Deontay Wilder left hook against Tyson Fury. Most definitely. Room. I mean, that's a great way so of describing it. Oh, for sure. And 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 it. The thing is too, when it's someone that's that's that iconic, that was that prominent worldwide. The void is going to be felt no matter what. I mean, you're going to feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of people, you know, will look back and 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 a lot of people said, well, you know, he had problems in his past. If you look at, you know, different allegations that were made, and it's like, you know what, you you can look at as someone that did a great job in their sport, and and whatever happened happened. But you know, it's a father and his daughter, and and then you also had another father and his wife and his daughter. I look at it from that perspective that you had a lot of people that were going to do just a, a fun activity on a Saturday with their kids. And that's what ended up happening, which is, is really the tragedy. Um, just, you know, the loss of Kobe Yan and just the loss of kids uh, that every, anytime you mention the, the something bad happening to a kid, that's what gets me. No, 100%. And you mm-hmm. know, it's like, it, it's about, you think about the children. Yeah. You, we're going to miss Kobe Bryant. Of course we're one of the mm-hmm. greatest basketball players of all time. There's one of the best players in our generation. You know, me and you were around the same age. We're lucky enough. We got mm-hmm. to see Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. And we got to see Kobe. We're going went through Kobe, Shaq, now with LeBron and mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. We're getting to see – we've gotten to see so many different generations of basketball. But it's well, just yeah. But it's just a game. It is. It's just a and, game. But, it, you know, even, you know, too, growing up, it, it, there's something different, too, about Kobe because he, he I didn't realize how close in age we were to Kobe. You know, I'm 35 yeah. years old. He was 41. And he always was uh, there was something of an aura about this guy. And I mm-hmm. watching him play, you know, he was only, you know, 18 years old at the time. Yet that felt like it was so much older when it really wasn't. Yeah. But he was doing crazy things at such a young age, just so dynamic of a talent. Um, I mean, doing stuff that nobody at that age was doing. And of course we could say now, okay, LeBron, you know, at that age was was doing crazy stuff, but even, even LeBron physically was just different. LeBron was this, this, this Titan at the age of, you know, 16, um, Kobe wasn't like that. He kind of had to grow into that and get that maturation. And then when it clicked, it clicked and his shooting and how clutch he was, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that's going to take it to where people compare him to Michael Jordan, the clutch factor, um, doing things that nobody else could do. And for that period in time, you know, he was like the second coming of, of Michael Jordan. And um, even talking about LeBron, when people compare LeBron and Michael Jordan, it's like, well, compare LeBron and Kobe even. Uh, Kobe did some masterful things that LeBron hasn't done um, as far as clutch situations and titles and things of that nature. You know, and I tell people, and hug your kids Give mm-hmm. God, I've been giving mine. I always give them plenty of hugs and kisses. Mm-hmm. And Those are our kids. Those are me and you. Our kids are right around. Our two. We each have two kids, and they're mm-hmm. right around the same age. And I'm like, man, if you give them twenty hugs in a day, give them twenty one. Give them yep. twenty two. Just because you don't know at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, you just don't know time. So <laughs> give your kids that extra hug. Give you. Husband or wife, that extra kiss, that extra hug, that extra "I love you," because you don't know, and you know, and that's I, to me, that's what I've learned. Is mm-hmm. you can always learn something they say, and that's what I learned in the grand scheme of things. And the last thing I want to ask you about this before we move on into the world of mm-hmm. boxing, and who would be the boxing version of Kobe Bryant? 
Oh man, the boxing version. Uh, I just thought of that question too. It wasn't like something I planned in my mind. I'm like, you were going, you were telling such a good story. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking about it. You know, and, and it's funny, like, you kind of have to think, too, like, okay, if we're going to say the greatest, I mean, Muhammad Ali, I think Michael Jordan, you know, yeah. um, re- regardless of record, it's it's just the the aura of the guy. Um, Muhammad Ali, you could build a label around. I mean, basically, the guy's his own institution. So I, Michael Jordan, um, you know, Jumpman, I see that as as, as the Michael Jordan. Um, then who's number two, you know? <laughs> right. Who's the, who who's the second best guy out there that that wins titles and was that dynamic? Um, you know that that's a hard one. I'm not sure who I would go with. Um, maybe maybe a Sugar Ray Leonard. I, okay. I I don't know. I don't even you know it's. I think Sugar Ray Leonard just because of of how clutch he was in so many yeah. different divisions, um, and the the names he beat and how he beat them. Um, you know, he always seemed to pull it out. You know, he wasn't supposed to beat Hagler. Um, he'd been off all this time and there he goes and he found a, the perfect solution to beat Hagler. That's kind of how I think about Kobe, that he'd always find a way to win it. You know, that's a good point. Cause you think about Leonard, I won the light heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. You're a guy that size, regardless of you can say, regardless of who the opponent is, mm-hmm. you think about that. And the same thing with Maybe I'm wrong on this, but like, look at Roy Jones. Mm-hmm. Same type of guy, you know, 60, 68, mm-hmm. 75. Went from jump two weight classes and became, regardless of what you think about John Ruiz, John mm-hmm. Ruiz still was a heavyweight champion. Then he won the heavyweight championship. Then went back down, regardless of what you think about the first fight with Tarver, went back down two weight classes and beat Antonio Tarver. But I think Sugar Ray Leonard, I think, though, is the best guy. Just could, like for just that reason you said. Always mm-hmm. would defy the odds. He bucked the trends. He was told no. He went and did it anyway. So I, no, I think that's a very astute observation. And we'll transition into the week, what happened this past weekend. And Danny Garcia. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about this fight. You know, he, he beat Ivan Reddish. How do you even say his name? I always say Reddish. Yeah, I, I go phonetically with everything, so I tend to screw up most names. I, I, I said Redkish. Yeah, I, I, I always <laughs> do it until someone corrects me. You know, I, I need to consult with someone that's uh, that's a, a fellow Ukrainian to, to help me out there. I don't know. Um, I just like I'll just call him Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go with Ivan. You know, and um, you know, you look at you know, dominated. Don't get me wrong. Dominant. He won by unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. He got the win. Yeah, but there's different ways you, I view this fight. If you if you're a Danny Garcia fan, you view it as he got a great win, he dominated from start to finish, he hurt Reddish on numerous occasions. He wasn't able to drop him, but he but he hurt him on on multiple occasions. But then you can get you can look on the other side, and you can look at well, you can look at the side of the non Danny Garcia fans and be like, he didn't get it done. He didn't finish a guy. That he was a 25 to 1 favorite over. He should have blown through this guy inside five rounds. Mm-hmm. Or you look at it objectively and be like, or you can be like, it's a dominant performance, but it wasn't the performance that everyone expected. And, and that's kind of been the, the consensus. If you go through everyone that's written about it, that's talked about it, everyone says, you know, it was a good win, not a great win. And I think most people wanted to see a great win from from Danny Garcia. That's what people were expecting. It was a, an opponent that was tailor made for him, a guy that 
yeah, this is supposed to be a showcase fight for you. And, and if you're talking about boxing skill, yeah, it was a showcase to a degree, but it, it fell flat of expectations. What I think is more concerning is some of the stuff that Danny Garcia admitted after the fight. Um, the fact that he had to lose 25 pounds in order to make weight, um, that he had to keep reemphasizing, I'm, I, I fell in love with boxing again. It's like, well, that means that you fell out of love with it. Um, and if your desire is not there and you're not doing it because you love it, that's a problem. If you're ballooning in weight and and now you have a weight issue and and a lack of desire, good luck beating the top tier guys in in the welterweight division. You know, and that's a you know that's a point a lot of people aren't bringing up either. And you know, what do you to me like? And you brought up all the good points there. Is the fact that you know this was supposed to be the showcase fight. This was supposed to be the fight to where. We, he was supposed to look great. He'd mm-hmm. go on to face either Errol Spence or Manny Pacquiao either late spring, early summer. Mm-hmm. That performance doesn't get me interested. I am i haven't been too sold on Danny Garcia to begin with because mm-hmm. my assertion of him has always been is he can beat the B-level, C-level fighters. Mm-hmm. But when he gets to the A-plus fighters, he doesn't get it done. And people bring up Amir Khan, Lucas Matisse. We've seen what happened to the career of Amir Khan. We've seen what happened to Lucas Matisse. It doesn't sh- – in the losses. Mm-hmm. Started out too slow against Keith Thurman. A very winnable fight against Sean Porter, and Sean Porter just outwilled him. Sean, Sean Porter outgunned him. Mm-hmm. Every time – he reminds me of Don – and I know people are going to get on me about this, but he reminds me a lot of Donald Cerrone in MMA. It mm-hmm. gets to the big fight. Danny Garcia doesn't get it done. Until Danny Garcia proves to me he can win a big fight, Danny Garcia to me is no more than a B-level fighter at mm-hmm. this point. I, I, you know, and I see him, I, I would put him at like, I still think he's B-plus, A-minus kind of guy. I, I like I like the going all the way to that specifics. Um, you know, he has moments. Against Sean Porter, he had moments. Against Keith Thurman, he had moments, just not enough of them. Um in a lot of ways, I think he and Keith Thurman are kind of at the same place in their careers. I think that would be a great fight to watch. You know, who wants to keep boxing at this point? I like that. Fight. Um, it's a good fight. You know, I, it's kind of like a Survivor Series. Let's throw these two guys <laughs> in there and see who keeps to keep doing this. Because really, whoever loses, good luck trying to get another title shot because it's going to be a, a ways away. And if, if I compare Danny Garcia right now, just the little bit of what I saw of him against Keith Thurman, um, that's a competitive fight. You know, Keith Thurman had a good fight against Pacquiao, but he fell short and, and he got beat up. Um, I, I think that's a very interesting fight. And I think Danny Garcia might have enough to win that one. I think that's a pretty 50-50 fight at this yeah. point. Um, and also, there, there's so many question marks. Does, does Danny Garcia really want to box? Is he going to balloon... Uh, and wait again, is Keith Thurman's injuries going to be a problem? Um, what's his outlook on boxing like right now? I, that, that, to me, is more of a, a realistic fight. I, I, I think Pacquiao or uh, Spence. And, well, and then, of course, you, gotta, you got a huge question mark with Spence, too, at this point. You know, I think we need to see him in a tune-up bout before we talk about what his longevity looks like as well. What if – see, I – I think Pacquiao looks – I agree with you about Errol Spence. I, I don't think Errol Spence fights anyone tough coming right back in, whether he comes yeah, back nor, in nor should Nor should he after that, that car accident. Yeah, know? I agree with that 100%. I just don't think Pacquiao faces 
Danny Garcia. That's not mm-hmm. a what does Danny Garcia bring to the table? And, and that's a good point. It's it's Doesn't it's not him. it's not that giant draw that you would want for Pacquiao who's fighting in the twilight of his career. Because you look at Thurman, Thurman had a belt. Mm-hmm. He had the super, whatever you want to think of belts these days. I don't think much of the WBA, but that's a whole other conversation for another yeah. day. <laughs> but it was the super title. Adrian Broner was a big, is a big name. R- regardless of what we think of Adrian Broner in 2020 and when that fight happened last January, still mm-hmm. a really gr- big name and that pay-per-view did really well. Mm-hmm. Now, what if Pacquiao doesn't choose Danny Garcia? Where does Manny Pacquiao go? <laughs> and where does... And does Garcia face Thurman, or do you, or do you? Because I think if Danny Garcia is smart, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get the Pacquiao fight, I think he needs to go to Terrence Crawford. And Terrence Crawford was chirping, and he put those sleep emojis. Because I watched it Sunday morning, I was about to fall asleep, and it was nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, man, I that is such a, a gamble for Danny Garcia. Honestly, for Danny Garcia, I would stay far, far away from Terrence Crawford. Um, I, that, that to me would be kind of like the nail in the coffin for him. It's like, okay, well, you just had your last shot at a title because a guy like Crawford's going to box circles around him mm-hmm. and I think beat him up. Um, maybe not knock him out, but hurts him more in 12 rounds than he's ever been hurt before. Um, I, I think that's a, a bad matchup for him. Um, now that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. If you you show the guy the money, then then maybe PBC decides to kind of sacrifice one up to to Terrence Crawford. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. That that's a tough fight. But like you said, where does where does where do any of these guys go at this point? Um, they're they're kind of running out of options, and someone's going to have to fight somebody soon. You know that's that's what bugs me. Mm-hmm. And then this is always just me. And I've said this to people at PBC and they get mad every time I bring this up. And I always, I always ask what, what's the reluctance in facing Terrence Crawford? What's the, <laughs> I think, what, what I, is, what is everyone? Cause we see this big dance of chirping. Mm-hmm. Ariel's chirping. Mm-hmm. We've seen Danny Garcia chirp more than once. We, we've Pacquiao says he, he was all, he's been offered to fight, and he won. He would he was willing to fight Terrence Crawford when they were both under top rank. Top mm-hmm. rank says another thing, and Terrence Crawford's told me more than once that that wasn't the case. Keith Thurman has danced around the issue. It's got to become a point, like you said, all those guys, you can't fight each other forever. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, a, you, there has you, to become you a point. Fight, you can't you, fight around each other forever either. No, you know, no, not at all. The fight that the, one of those four. They're all going to fight. It's just a matter of which one's going to be first, which one's going to be. Because we need to know how good Terrence Crawford is, and I need to know how good Errol Spence is. Because no offense to Sean Porter, it was a great fight, but that, that fight went exactly how we all thought it would go. And that's mm-hmm. no knock on Sean. I thought Sean fought the fight of his life. Sean fought great. That was the best Sean Porter I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But it still wasn't good enough. Because I, no. be- I think Crawford beats Porter. I think Crawford beats Garcia. I think Crawford beats Pacquiao. The only guy I don't know that Crawford can beat, he beats Thurman. The only guy I don't know that he can beat is Errol Spence. That's the fight everyone wants to see. I think 2021, I think that fight finally happens. I I would agree with you. Um, I There's so many conditions on it, though. It, it really depends on how does Spence look once he's in the ring finally. Um, again, I think, yeah, we can say, first of all, the guy's lucky to be alive and, you know, 
thank God that that he he didn't lose his life because when you see that wreckage and everything that that occurred and he didn't have a seatbelt on, you think there's no way some walk away from that. Um, yet he did, mm-hmm. but there was some damage. Um, I mean, maybe not in the terms of huge rehabilitation, but there was cuts. Um, there was damage to his face. Um, if one of those cuts opens up in a fight, you know, that scar tissue now, um, that could be a problem in a fight. You know, everyone's talking about Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury's got that horrible cut that was stitched up. That that could be a legitimate concern. Yeah. Um, there could be something taken out of it. We don't know how, how badly he was rocked, you know, as far as his brain goes. I mean, we think at the very least he was severely concussed after that car accident. Um, what does that do to his ability to take a punch. And, and I think we just need to wait and see because right now, if I'm looking at it, I'll take the guy that, that everyone's hyping up with, with no losses and hasn't been in a massive car accident at this point. No, very good point. Let's shift gears and Canelo Alvarez. It seems like Canelo's always in the news, and mm-hmm. but lately it's good news. It seems like we're getting near May 2nd, and now we're getting closer to looking like an opponent who it's going to be, but – is surf the rumors have surfaced? SI is reported Chris Mannix, Canelo Alvarez, and Riata Murata have been mm-hmm. are in talks for a fight in the spring in Japan. It's a fight Canelo wants. It's a fight Dizone wants. It's a fight Murata wants. Bob Arum and everybody else wants. It seems like the fight, the fight, the conversations are going on. And I do know that I do have that from they did start talks uh, yesterday on Monday. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're recording this on Tuesday, but. They did start talking on Monday, and when you hear Riata Murata for Canelo mm-hmm. Alvarez on May second, May third in Japan at the Tokyo Dome, what do you think? Um, I think it's from a business standpoint a good move for for Canelo. Isn't the one that that's gonna get people all fired up and ready for it? No, um, but you know when that when if and when that fight gets made. It's not necessarily about appeasing fans as far as, you know, you, the United States. It's kind of opening up globally. Let's yep. take this show to Japan. Let's bring him to a new country. Let's make him worldwide. Uh, let's expand his image. Let's let's bring some more fans on board so that way we can have a real super fight down the line and have some added uh, viewership and, and interest. Um, so from a business standpoint, it makes sense. From a boxing fan standpoint, eh. Um, I mean, you're talking about a guy that 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 already has two losses to not the greatest competition. Uh, to me, it doesn't move the needle as far as you know how sexy the fight is. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense from a business standpoint. And that's the biggest thing here that I think that people don't understand is the fact that this would be the biggest global event in the first half. One of the it depends on what Joshua does and Joshua and Pulev and it. I've heard a couple different rumblings. It could be in the UK. It could be coming to the Garden. It could be going to Las Vegas. I've heard a couple different. It's being floated around on where that fight's going to take place, and they got an extension, another extension from the mm-hmm. IBF. But in terms of this fight, it's, like you said, it's being. And Tyson Fury said this to me the last time I talked to him, and it, it, and it made a lot of sense. When you're the world champion, you just fight in your country. Mm-hmm. You fight around the world. You just like with him. He's from England. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't want to fight in England. He wants to fight in the United States. He wants mm-hmm. to fight in Africa. He wants to fight in Japan. He wants to fight in Russia. He wants to fight in Mexico. That's part of, and I and I get exactly what he's. It, 
that has always stuck out to me. And he's exactly right. And you look at this circumstance. Murata is huge. Murata is Michael Jordan in Japan. Mm -hmm. This guy's a rock star. Big time rock star. That will sell out to Tokyo Dome. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. It will well, sell out to Tokyo Dome. You look at Canelo, how big Canelo is. Canelo's the biggest the biggest star boxing star in the United States. The zone is it's huge in Japan. Streaming it's the only streaming service that's really made a debt in Japan. Mm-hmm. Japan has a lot of different streaming services. The zone's really the most popular one because they also air Japanese baseball. Mm-hmm. So it's like for for the zone, it's a huge fight. For Marada, it's a huge fight. For worldwide boxing, it's a big fight. And like you said, here it's like, yeah, okay. You know, you you look at the losses. Oh, Marada lost to Rob Brand. Yeah. yeah. Marada's <laughs> event is two losses. Yeah. But this is something Canelo's wanted to. He's been talking about wanting to fight in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And what a better way. <laughs> what a better way to appease Canelo. Okay, you want to fight in Tokyo. You want to face Murata, you got to come around and give us Golovkin in September. And that's a great point. Um, there's got to be a big a big fight after that, that there's a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, not many people are going to look at Murata as a threat, and, and that's kind of the point, that you're putting Canelo in a position where you can expand his image exactly. and his, his, his viewership and his fandom at the same time, put him in a position where he's going to be pretty safe and ready to, to take on someone that's really threatening. Now, even mentioning something like Triple G, you know, um, a lot of people throw out Triple G, hey, they had two fights that were close. Even at this point, it's like, man, you got to you gotta give Canelo such an edge over Triple G based on his last few outings. He has not looked very good. Absolutely. You know? Now, um, what? so... Go ahead. Yeah, keep going. Uh, I, I just, thinking of Triple G, it's, to me, that... that, that You've got the name recognition, but it's kind of lost its muster at this point. I, I'm really concerned with um, the longevity that Triple G has in the sport. I know he's switching trainers, and now he's um, training with with uh, Snack and, and trying to get his body in top shape. Um, I, I just don't know. I, I He just seems like he's kind of hit that point where you're on a definite you know, decrease at this point. Um, you could argue he lost his last fight. Yeah, he won it, but you can look at the fight and say, yeah, it could have gone the other way too. Um, but if you're going to make that fight, you got to make it soon before Triple G's out of the sport. <laughs> exactly. It's the shelf life of that fight expires if it doesn't happen in September. Yes. Then it's after that, it's like, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah who still, cares? It's still there. There's enough <laughs> interest. Mm-hmm. Triple G gets a good win, and look, it's looking like either the end of March, beginning of end of March, middle of April, that he's going to be fighting. It looks like it's going to be here in Chicago. Yeah, From hopefully. Everything I've been told, it's it seems like Chicago's still the destination. It's just, mm-hmm. at first it was supposed to be February 28th, 29th. Yeah, March. I mean. But then there's then... a wrestling event that was able to, they were able to, I don't know how that worked out, but there's a, uh, all elite wrestling's coming here in, at the on that date. Then it was March 28th, mm-hmm. and now I'm hearing middle to late, middle to late April. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and it's 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 slipped, but you know, um, again, if if, if you kind of look at it from that standpoint, like you said, they both kind of get a fight that they should win. Yeah, um, that puts them in a position to fight each other. You, you're going to have to make it soon because, like you said, if we're going to look at one of those two kind of hitting the decline, it's definitely going to be the older guy with with Triple G. Canelo's still still young. If it's not Murata, mm-hmm. who are you more inclined to want to see Canelo face, Billy Joe Saunders or Callum Smith? 
Oh, Callum Smith, most definitely. Um, Saunders, in his last performance, uh, it wasn't the performance he needed. Let's put it that way. Um, so I, I think, and, and granted, you could say, well, Callum Smith didn't look all that great either. Um, but I still think Callum Smith, most definitely, over over Billy Joe Saunders. Um, uh, I just Billy Joe Saunders has more question marks than Callum Smith at this point. Yeah, I agree with that one. I think it's got. I think they may go with Saunders if that mm-hmm. if the Murata fight doesn't go. I, I'd be shocked if the Murata fight doesn't happen. But I, yeah, well, Saunders I could would see be why easier it, road. Yeah, I, I could see why a Saunders you'd go with Saunders because Saunders would be able to sell the fight more than Callum Smith. Callum mm-hmm. Smith's pretty dry. But if you're looking yeah. at just a pure standpoint of a fight, absolutely mm-hmm. Callum Smith. I think that's definitely the tougher fight. I agree with that a hundred percent. It's a pretty dry. It, a pretty dry weekend, because why? We have boxing on Thursday. Yes, mm-hmm. I said Thursday, live and only on the zone out in Miami. Headlined by Demetrius Andrade against Luke Keeler for the WPO middleweight title. Jake Paul and Son give the YouTube sensations. Yes, I said it, <laughs> YouTube sensations, baby. Tevin Farmer, Jojo Diaz for the IBF Junior lightweight title. And then Daniel Roman against, I don't even know, we're going to go with Moro Dijon Akamadalev <laughs> for Roman's IBF and WBA Junior Featherweight Championships of the, Championship of the World. Three title fights. I th- a pretty exciting card. Dijon's putting on a really good card. First really big card of 2020. And first of all, have you ever covered a boxing show on a Thursday? I asked this to Tevin Farmer, and Tevin Farmer told me he may have it out. No, he yeah. never fought on a Thursday. Have you ever covered a boxing show on a Thursday? Because I have I, not. I'm thinking about it, and I, I really, I, I can't recall covering a show on a Thursday. It's, it's definitely out of my element. Because <laughs> I know people are gonna say, and they're gonna hear this. Oh, you know, you're a part of the Zone family, but you know what? This podcast is not affiliated with the mm-hmm, Zone. I am entitled it, to my opinion, and you know what? <laughs> this is a great idea, and this is why. And and I'm not affiliated with the Zone in any way, and I think it's a fantastic is- idea. I love the lineup um, from from top to bottom. Could I deal without some of the YouTubers? Sure, but I, I get it from a business standpoint of why they're building them in there. I, I said it after the last YouTube fight with with the other Paul. Um, Logan Paul, get it right. Come yeah. on, learn your Pauls, man. Come on, Paul, Paul one and Paul two. You know that, that's about <laughs> as much respect as I give them as boxers. Um, hey, the fight but, was the fight. The fight was more entertaining than the Billy Joe Saunders fight. <laughs> that one I will give you. It was more entertaining. <laughs> I don't care what people say. That fight was more entertaining than what I saw from Billy Joe Saunders. You know, then so so is you know Russian slap boxing. That's more entertaining too. I've I mean, never that was wa- just a, a horrid, horrid fight. I've never watched Russian slap boxing. You gotta send me a link. There, it's I will send you a link. It is actually it's becoming a sport where they just sit there and they slap each other. Um, it's pretty wild. <laughs> now, have you ever just gone and slapped somebody? Just just have a slapping contest. No, I, I've never had a slapping contest before. And after watching some of these guys, I, I don't want to. <laughs> now, now you've got you, you got me now. You got me. <laughs> you, but I'm the, telling you, YouTube. <laughs> but the reason I like this on a Thursday is because, and I think this is smart, because it's in Miami, the Super Bowl's in Miami. Why not get as much media as you can and have an event where the Super Bowl is at? You know, it, I, not in – got to think outside the box. And this is a great situation here of, of how you look at this. You're going to have 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. You're right in the heart smack of Miami. 
you're going to get the athletes out there. You're going to get a lot of reporters out there. It's a great move. It's a smart move. And, you know, is it, is it ideal on a Thursday? No, but you know what, though? It's pretty damn intelligent. And you know what? It gives you enough time. It's three days before the Super Bowl. You can still go have fun in South Beach. Tevin Farmer told me he's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, so and, like, and you know what? It, it, it makes sense with, with Eddie's whole plan of expanding this out. I mean, if you're going to have some YouTubers in a fight to expand an audience and build up this big social media following – why not? Why not do it on a Thursday where you have um, diehard football fans that have a chance? Hey, you want to go watch a boxing show? Why not? <laughs> exactly. You know, and you know, you, you, you keep bringing up the the Jake Paul and Son Kib thing, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and I get it. Am I the world's biggest fan of it? No, I'm not gonna sit here and blow smoke up anyone's ass. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. But like you said, I we get it though. At the end of the day, it's a business. Well, and, and I think the best defense of it came from um, Peter Kahn just wrote a piece in Forbes about it, and it was really, really good. And it made a lot of smart sense from a business mind. Yeah. Um, as much as a boxing purist as I am that that I don't want to see it, I get why they're doing it. Exactly. Um, and again, they're surrounding it with some really talented fighters. Um, now, it, it is the bout between uh, Demetrius Andrade and, and Luke Keeler going to be all that competitive? I don't anticipate paid it to be all that competitive but at the same time it's introducing fans to a very strong name in the division mm-hmm. um i mean he's he's a very talented boxer um he probably deserves more praise and more credit than he gets um and he's a legitimate threat to anybody you know in, in that division um which is probably why he hasn't gotten some of the bigger fights that that could be made i'm talking to devin haney after he fought on the undercard of Logan Paul and KSI. And he mm-hmm. said his social media following blew up big time. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it did something for Devin Haney. And, you know, and I looked at it that way, and I'm like, it, it helped his own and subscribers. But it, like what you said, but more importantly, it helped the fires grow the files. It did mm-hmm. for Devin Haney. And I think here it can do that for a Demetrius Andrade, a Tevin Farmer, a Jojo Diaz, and a Daniel Roman. Because you've got guys... Especially in a Roman, a guy who doesn't talk, and self-admittedly, doesn't talk mm-hmm. a lot of trash. He just wants to go in and fight, dominate, and beat you up. Mm-hmm. And this is well, a good and, platform and, for him, I think, in this and, and And these are all talented fighters. I mean, you know, Daniel Roman, uh, Demetrius Andrade, some names that people aren't going to hear as far as mainstream and, and busting outside of the sport. Mm-hmm. But they're guys that do the, deserve that kind of attention because of how good that they are. Um, and, and more than anything, I, I really am intrigued by Demetrius Andrade, and I don't think he gets enough credit um, for his his technical skills. I mean, we're talking about a former Olympian, um, and people are going to say, well, he's not as exciting and this, that, and the other. If you can box, you can beat anybody. Um, and, and I think that makes him a very intriguing quantity at this point where, yeah, I'd like to see him against some of the top names. Now, Andre, I think Andre needs a finish. I know he's all about you know, less is more, the Floyd Mayweather adopted <laughs> yeah. style. But I think Andre really needs a finish here. A finish? Against- he, he needs a finish because he, he could have done it against Zulecki, and he took the foot off the pedal. He listened to his dad, which I thought mm-hmm. was a big mistake. Normally, mm-hmm. I'm all about listening to your father. But in that instance, you had Zulecki on the ropes. You could have mm-hmm. finished him off. And... You took the foot off the pedal and you boxed. And, yeah, it was a good boxing clinic. It was a good – you put on a clinic. 
but you could have finished him in two rounds. Then you could have gotten that bigger profile. I think and he needs that, a, a guy like Luke Keeler. No offense to Luke Keeler, but he should mm-hmm. he should mop Luke Keeler in four rounds. If you look at he should destroy him. Yeah, I mean the dude's seventeen two and one with five KOs. I mean you don't have to really worry about if you're Andrade. You don't have to really get worried about getting knocked out. The guy doesn't have power. Um, yeah, he he should go in there and wipe the floor with them and knock him out and do all that you just said. Um, and and against a guy like Selecki who is talented. That would have been spectacular. Um, yeah, that was definitely a missed opportunity on his part. What does a win over Jojo Diaz do for Tevin Farmer? I think it's pretty significant for Tevin Farmer. I mean, Jojo Diaz is the toughest fight of his career. To me, when I get it, I, I have a hard time predicting that fight. I mean, that's a real 50-50 fight. Um, not to mention, you know, Jojo Diaz isn't what we would call a, a huge knockout puncher, but he's a significantly harder puncher than Tevin Farmer. The thing is, when it comes down to the boxing skills, how slick can Tevin Farmer be? Um, if he can be slick and, 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 and keep going the way he's been going, um, he has a chance to really show people what his boxing IQ is and how far he's come from his, his last loss in 2012 against Jose Pedraza. Now, what if, if he gets by Jojo Diaz, because mm-hmm. he told me it's – this is his last year at 130, and he's out. Mm-hmm. He's going to 135. Yeah. What does, what can, who do you, who do you want Tevin Farmer to face next? I mean, it's hard to say anyone else other than Gervonta Davis for me. Go up, move up, and wait. Fight Davis. Um, I think it's what he wants. Um, I don't know if it's what Davis wants, and not because I think Davis scared from, uh, scared of him. It might be more about what makes the the right set for Davis at this point, um, because of how big he's gotten. What's the biggest fight out there that he can get with a a, a recognizable name? Um, but based on what I've heard them say back and forth to each other, um, I would love to see that fight. I think the hype is there. Sell the fight around the the previous hype. Mm-hmm. They really do not like no, each other. <laughs> not at all. And see, my thing on that is, and I agree. That's the fight I want to see too for Tevin. Mm-hmm. And he said it to me. And the article's on uh, DAZONnews.com. And mm-hmm. he just doesn't think PBC wants him to face Tevin Farmer. I, he just, like, they don't want him to face me. And I'm like, do you think it's because it's a fear of him losing? And he said absolutely. He's like, he, he said 100%. And, and there's a way I do think that. And, and this is why. I love Tank Davis. I think Tank Davis can be a superstar. He's he's mm-hmm. right now he's on the cusp of superstardom, but just like Floyd Mayweather, and Floyd's like, oh, I'm gonna make him a next big pay per view star, and he's gonna follow my path. But Floyd Mayweather took some hard fights along the way to mm-hmm. get to that point. Gennaro Hernandez, he had no reason taking that fight, mm-hmm. won that fight. The two fights with Castillo, and then when he smoked Diego Corrales, that was in my mind. He was already there with Hernandez, the wins over Castillo, regardless of what you think of what happened in the first fight. Mm-hmm. But when he smoked Diego Corrales, you're mm-hmm. like, this guy's going to be a superstar. He's yeah. got everything you need to become a superstar. Javante Davis hasn't had that fight yet. No. He hasn't. He's been very – I don't know, but get mad when I say this. And that's – and PBC's been mad when I've said it, and I've said it to Leonard Ellerby in interviews. Mm-hmm. He's been very well protected. Whether we like it or not, I know it's not the cool popular thing to say. 
until I see Javante Davis against a legit top contender in the I can't buy in until he does that. And he's blowing and, and, opportunities. The Fonseca fight. He missed inexplicably missed weight by like three pounds. That yeah. was utterly ridiculous. When well, and you're bringing up man, you're bringing up all the points that that have those question marks surrounding him that that we say, well, we can't really have a, a great evaluation on him because there's so many other things that we haven't had answered yet. Exactly. Um, and, and I think you're you're right in that perspective. To me, though, if I'm PBC, I, if if Davis is making mistakes outside of the ring and not being smart, I want to put him up against some of the big names and and some of the best fights right now because he could be a long-term liability um, with with his lifestyle. I mean, if he's not training as hard as he can and he's missing weight and he's having to come back to the scale again, um, if he's starting brawls before the fight, it's like you said you're not that guy, but you keep popping back into those episodes. What does that say about your character and your demeanor? Are you really changed? Are you really taking boxing seriously? Or... Are you just saying it, and in reality, you're a loose cannon like an Adrian Broner who he's really good friends with? My problem with Davis is that. It's it's that, and then it's the contradictions. Like after the Nunes mm-hmm. fight. Oh, I want – he was rattling off Lomachenko, Farmer, and we get Gamboa. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't expecting Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. I was a – I'm thinking, I thought the Farmer fight was viable at the end of mm-hmm. this past year. It seemed like he got – he received – it's not like Javante did, and I've seen the offers. Mm-hmm. There's been offers made for him to fight Tevin Farmer, and for really good money. Mm-hmm. Money he's never made before. So it's like, why? What is... Why? Yeah. I, and, it, it's, and he doesn't do interviews, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you can't ask him these questions. You get him at pressers, and you're going to get the whole home answers, and, and it is what it is. And maybe one day he'll make himself readily open and available. And then you can ask those legitimate questions because you mm-hmm. think he, he looks like Mike Tyson at 130, 130 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's got everything it takes to be, he's got a very big following in the hip hop community, just like Floyd did. He's got the characteristics to be a superstar. He's selling out arenas. He's selling 14, 15, 16,000 tickets. That means you are an attraction. That means people want to see you at at the gate and on television. He draws big ratings. He's a ratings draw. But that shelf life is going to run out when people realize, hey, you haven't faced anybody. Fans get smart in this day of age. This isn't the old where I'm just going to go blow money and go see a fight or I'm going to go spend $75 on a pay-per-view. For sure. It and, does, and I it think, doesn't happen anymore. I think, and I think there's real dangers there too. Again, um, Looking at the guy saying, okay, you haven't really fought anybody yet. Yeah, okay, you fought an aging Gamboa who also had a ruptured Achilles tendon for the majority of the fight. And you didn't put him God you know, damn. you didn't put him around to the twelfth round. And it's it's like how how did you not put this guy away at this point yet? You should have. And it Gamboa's talented, yeah. but you should would have expected him to put him away at that point. No, exactly, exactly. And I thought mm-hmm. I don't go just touch real quick and we'll talk we'll talk. I'm going to have you back on the week of Wilder Fury, too. But awesome. I'm just really quick. Mm-hmm. Your article on Wilder was great. And oh, thank you. Go to fansided.com, read this article. It's a fantastic read. And just really quickly, what did you, just in very short words, what mm-hmm. did you gain from your conversation last week with Deontay Wilder? Um, Deontay just seems incredibly relaxed, confident, poised. 
I think I think he's in a good place mentally and physically. I, you know, and I I don't want to make excuses for for Wilder in his first fight against. Henry, but we all have to remember, you know, he weighed in at the lowest uh, weight in like five or six years at 211 pounds. Um, here you had a guy that's 211 pounds fighting a guy that's 260, and then on fight night they reweighed him and he was 208. You know, that was so weird. Uh, so weird. It was it was weird. Um, I talked to him a little bit about tell me about the weight and 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 I haven't I haven't even gone there yet because I'm doing a separate piece on it. But you know he he did allude to the fact that there were other things happening with him at that time. Yes, there was the hand issue, and I was in the camp for that Fury fight. Um, and I noticed it right off the bat that he was not throwing the right hand. And I asked Jay, is there something wrong with the right hand? Is there a reason why I'm not seeing that right now? Oh, no, it's just precautionary. And I'm like, uh-huh, precautionary. And as soon as I heard <laughs> that, something's up. He, he did something to it, you know? Um, so to me, that's that's something that that I noticed the, the first time around. If his hand's good, if his weight's up um, 218 or above, I think you're going to see the best version of, of Deontay Wilder this time around. No, I agree with that. And if you guys haven't checked out the article, go to fanslider.com. An absolute gem, a fantastic piece. The best thing I've seen written so far in the lead-up. The Deontay Thank Wilder, you. Tyson Fury 2, February 22nd at the MGM out in Las Vegas. Real quick, Jeremy, where can fans find you on social media and what articles do you got coming up? Um, you can find me at a boxing writer on Twitter. You can find me at fansided.com slash boxing. Um, I'm there or that boxing writer on Instagram. And, um, as far as things coming up, you know, I'll be doing a lot leading up to, to Wilder Fury, um, working on a cover story for inked magazine, which will have, uh, Deontay sprawled across the, uh, the cover, uh, coming out immediately after the fight. Um, you know, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting and sure enough to have some more conversations with Deontay in the lead up. So, um, I'm all in on this Wilder Fury two rematch. It's going to be a great fight. The first the first really big, 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 big fight of 2020. It's absolutely fantastic. And, Jeremy, it's good to have you on, my friend. It's the debut episode, the first analyst. I wanted to get you on. It's always good to see you. I've missed you. It's been a little bit since we chatted. So let's get my friend in. You go, go enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll talk real soon. Most definitely. Thank you, Steve. All right, man. Thank you. It's Heaven Farmer from Philadelphia. How are you, my friend? I'm not, the question is, Champ, how are you doing? I'm great, man. I can't complain. Taking it easy. You sound very happy. And, you know, just with the fight coming up and everything, you know, th- to me, this is the, a really big fight for you. And do you feel this is the biggest fight in your title ring? I mean, for far as me having my title? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I believe so. What is it about JoJo? Because, you know, you guys are going back and forth on Twitter. I personally love it because I like when fighters are going back and forth. It just shows they're emotionally invested in the fight. What is, what? Yeah, I mean, I like to prove people wrong. Um, he talks a lot of trash. He really, he really thinks in his mind that he can beat me. And, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm really competitive, man. I don't like that. So, you know. And I don't let anybody say whatever they want to me. I'm a, you gonna talk? You gonna you gonna say something? I'm gonna pop my shit right there. You know, when did this fight in your mind become a you know become a reality in your mind? Was it after 
not getting the Javante fight made, or was this something that you saw foresaw coming in the future? It came, it came to reality the minute I told him that he was next. I knew that it was going to happen. If I say I wanted to happen, it's going to happen. And that's what happened. I told him he was next. It's not a fight that he, he earned. It's a fight that I gave him. So you're saying he hasn't earned he hasn't earned this opportunity, if I'm reading that correctly. Correct. I gave it to him. He's not he's not he's not, he's no mandatory. Then people hear that and they're gonna be like, Well Tevin, why'd you make the fight? What what led you to wanna give him this opportunity? Because he talks a lot of shit and he can fight. I, he, he can fight. Um and he talks a lot of shit, you know. I, I was A question about Twitter, and I noticed this just today, and this boggled my mind. How are you not verified on Twitter? You got to get your people on this, Tevin. I, the champ has to have that. Tw- it has to have that blue check mark. I don't even care for Twitter, bro. bro. I, I, I like Instagram. I, I'm very part of Instagram. That's all that matters. I mean, I, I, I jump on it. Maybe Bernie will do it for me. Bernie, Bernie's got to get on it. I got to tell Bernie, Bernie, we got to get Tevin verified on Twitter. What is it about? (laughs) I love it. What is it about Instagram that you like more than Twitter? I just feel like it's better because on Instagram, whoever you follow, that's who you follow. On Twitter, it's like you you could be following somebody else, but see, other people tweet that they were tweeting. I don't want somebody else tweeting. I want to see the people I follow. Nobody else. Oh, definitely fair enough on that. And I have to ask, before we get more into the fight with JoJo, what happened to the Eagles? You know, the Eagles had that great run, Tevin, and then and then they faltered in the first round of the playoffs. What happened, my friend? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they lost. I mean, it, that's what happened. I'm not really, I'm not really big on football. Actually, football is my first sport, and it used to be my favorite sport. How long did you play football for growing up? I played football up for like, um, maybe like eight years. What position? I played runner back and um, cornerback. So what made you decide to go from the world of football to, from the gridiron to putting on the gloves? Was it something that your friends were doing growing up, or was it a particular fight you watched, a fighter you watched, where you're like, "Man, I'm gonna, I would rather do this than go do this." No, I had been stopped playing football way, way before I started boxing. Um, but my brother, my brother, he was the one who started boxing first. Then I, then I just started. How long did it take you to beat your brother in the ring? How long did it take you to real to, for him to realize that hey, you were better than he was? Uh, I can't really, I can't really, I can't really remember. <laughs> I, I, I didn't start taking it. I didn't start taking it serious right away, so I don't know. Why at first didn't you take it serious? Was it just because you were young, you didn't know, or was it because it was something new? 
because it, it was just hobby. It was something that I was just doing. I never watched. I never. I never watched boxing day in my life before I started. Oh wow! Knew nothing about boxing. It was just something I, I, I just when did you realize that you could, this could no longer be, it could no longer be a hobby. It would be your future career. What, was there a certain moment for you to where you, it re, you realized it? Um, I, from the beginning, I, I, I thought that way, but, um, I didn't know what it takes. I didn't know what it takes. So I had to, I had to go to, I had to go to trial and tribulations. I had to learn on the job. In order for me to know what it takes to be a world class fighter, I didn't know it in the beginning. What were some of the difficulties you realized early on when you were when you were getting just getting involved in the sport? The difficulties? Yes, sir. Well, I, I didn't know about any difficulties because I was. I was just getting into the sport, so I didn't I didn't know what was right and what was wrong. But speaking from now, um, I know I needed a manager or or, or promoter, somebody that can get me to the top. I know I needed the right trainer. Um, I know I needed the, the to, to, to eat properly. I didn't know I needed to eat properly. Um, all that type of stuff, you know, somebody to guide you. I just jumped in and thought that it was just fighting, and that's what it was. That's all I thought about. Now I know it's a system. It takes a team. You gotta have the right nutrition. You gotta have the right trainers. You have to have the right promoter or or manager behind you. It's a lot of things you you need in order to to reach the top level. You know, you look at. I saw your tweet last week, and you were talking about this is gonna be the last year at 130 pounds. What is behind the decision to go one more calendar year at 130? Why do I want to move up? Why do I want this to be my last year? Yeah. Because I mean, I'm giving I'm, I'm gonna give it one more try to, to to get to get other fighters to, to to put up their belts. If I can't do it, then it becomes pointless. How frustrating has that been for you? Because a lot of there was a lot of steam behind you and Gervonta. You had brought it up, he brought it up, and he decided for one reason or another to move up to one thirty-five. Why do you feel like it's been such a difficult time getting unification bouts at one thirty? Nobody want to lose. Simple. Nobody. Nobody want to lose. How frustrating is that for you when you want to fight and the other guys are just like, yeah, I'm going to take the easier route. I'm going to go take mandatories. How frustrating is that for you? It's not frustrating. I never allowed nobody to dictate how I feel in my life but myself. So I just move on and fight who I can to get a, 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 get a big paycheck. What's more important for you? Because, you know, I, I listen to Conor McGregor and I listen to other guys in UFC and a lot of guys are now at that point to where to them it's more about the money than it is for the world titles. What means more to you, being world champion or making the most money? You can't really compare being world champion to money because you get the money when you become world champion. You got to say legacy or money. Fair enough. We'll go that route then. What do you value more, legacy or money? Money. All day, every day. You can't keep your kids with legacy. 
Where do you think your legacy? And by the way, and, and by the way I don't have any kids. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Where, where do you think you are? How do you feel about your current status in the pay structure in the sport? Do you feel like you're getting paid what you deserve, or do you feel like you should be getting more than what you're getting? I mean, in the fight, I never. I don't think no fighter feel like they get paid what they deserve. I feel like me personally, I feel like I should be getting paid more. How do you go about it then? Is it just about then getting bigger fights? Or for fans that don't know, what is that process in your mind at what you need to do to secure those bigger paydays and get those bigger fights? Um, trust the process. That's it. Trust the process. Um, believe in the plan. It is, it'll happen. I ain't tripping. When's the last time you fought on a Thursday? Because I think this card's so unique just because it's on a Thursday during Super Bowl week. <laughs> does your does your plan change at all, Tevin? Because since you, you you always fight on Friday, and I know you fought on a thir- on a Friday one of the, your last times out. So do you prepare anything different? Do you prepare any differently fighting on a Thursday? No, you just got you, you just got you, you just got to start losing weight a day earlier. <laughs> <laughs> What's that going to be like being down there during Super Bowl week? Are you are you going to try, like, after the fight, are you going to try to go to the Super Bowl stuff, try to go to the game, or are you just going to go right home? Well, I already, I already got Super Bowl tickets. Oh! Oh! Where are you? How did you get tickets? You, you, you watch Super Bowl? Oh, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm going to bet on the Super Bowl, too. So, do, do you know about football? Where are you sitting? Where are you sitting? No, okay, do you know anything about football? I do know a lot about football, yes. Do you know, do you know Patrick Peterson, the cornerback? Say that one more time. Do you know Patrick Peterson? No, I do not know. He's like one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So oh, Patrick Peterson. Ah, Patrick Peterson. I remember. Okay, okay. Now, how do you know him? You know... Celebrities, those celebrities. <laughs> so where are you gonna sit then? Did he get? Did he hook you up with good seats then? No, wherever he sits, that's where I'm sitting there. <laughs> so who are you rooting for? You're gonna be at the big game. Who are you rooting for? Chiefs or 49ers? I don't, I don't even know where I want to go. Wait, 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 Tevin, Tevin, we gotta stop this interview right now. How do you not know if you want to go to the Super Bowl? This is the biggest sporting event of the year. Because I, I don't feel like being around all the people with this. And the game be long. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's no longer than going to a boxing card. I got a boxing card. I only go for the main event. The co-main event. <laughs> I, it is a very good point. Tevin, I think you need to reconsider that. I think you, for the experience and say you did it, I think you should reconsider and go to the game. I already, I already have. I already have. A few, my brother and my trainer already told me I should reconsider. Because then after that, we go to a yacht party. And then after that, we go to the 76ers versus Miami Heat on the floor. So it'll be a big weekend if I see. Man, it's good to be the champ. You get to go to the big basketball game to see 
see the Heat. You get to see Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and then you get to go to the Super Bowl. It is good to be Tevin Farmer. Yeah, it's good to be me. <laughs> Absolutely. A couple more questions, Tevin, and thank you so much it's for the time to today. It's good, it's, good, it's, it's good to be whoever wake up in the morning. <laughs> I couldn't agree with that more. It's always good to wake up in the morning. And, you know, how disappointed were you when Javante went up to 135? What were what were your just what were your thoughts on that? Pussy. <laughs> Go gas. I wasn't disappointed. Do you feel you guys will meet your pants will cross at one thirty five? Say it again. Do you feel like then your paths will cross when you get to 135? Because where is he going to go after this? Is he going to go back down to 130? It seems like he could barely make weight at 135. So it feels like you're destined to meet, but just in another weight class. No. When I go, he's going to go to 140. You think so? I don't know. I'm just bullshitting. But I don't know. He might. But I don't think he's going to ever fight. Why Why do you think that is? Because they, they, they protect him. Why do you think that is? Do you feel like that's because a failure of they think he's going to lose or just... 100%. 100%. But you're not going to say it. What do you make... Because uh, that's always been a reason why people get... The the public gets mad when it comes to boxing because people want to see the best fighting the best. Do you think that reluctance of certain fighters, do you think that hurts the sport of boxing? The best not fighting the best? Yeah, just the best should the fans want to see the best and the best. Like you're getting wilder and fury. People want to see fights like that. They want to see the best in the weight class fighting the best in the weight class. Do you think that's something yeah, that like hurts the do, sport? I feel, like, I, I, I feel like it do hurt the sport, but but I also feel like fans are ungrateful. Every fight can't be a mega fight. Who's on your hit list? What is your what is your dream fight after this? A fight that you feel like okay. This is the fight I really want in the future before my career is done. I don't have a junior fight, but I do have somebody on my hit list. Who's on your hit list after JoJo Diaz? Gary Russell. Why Gary Russell? Because Gary's been teasing something with Leo. Javante's teased something with Leo. Gary Russell, yeah, Gary Russell talked too much. He he thinks everybody's get him, so I'll bite him up to one thirty to 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 smoke his ass. So. What do you make of Gary? I saw a video with Gary and he called you out. Was that what started that in your for you, or was it something beforehand that was like, you know what, I really want to get him in the uh, ring next? It, it, it was a while ago, a while back. I can't remember. We, 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 we say a word to each other, but. I'm a world champion now. He already said he's going to move up, so why not move up and fight the world champion? Is that what you want next, and after his fight next, is that something you feel realistically that could happen this year? I don't know if it's realistic or not these days, man, to be honest. Ain't nothing realistic nowadays, but that's the fight that I want next. And we'll look at this fight. And what do you, what do you, When you look at JoJo, what do you think is going to be the key to this fight? Is he the toughest fight in your title reign, or do you feel like there's, or is there a bad tougher fights? Uh, 
and we'll end with this. When you envision a fight in your head, how does it play out on next Thursday night? I love it. You can see the fight. Tevin Farmer, Jojo Diaz live and only on the zone next Thursday night out in Miami. Big Super Bowl week, Super Bowl card. Tevin, always a pleasure, my friend. Let's talk soon and the best of luck. All right, thank you. All right, thank you.